Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today will be part five of our discussion of the seven blunders of Freemasonry, charity without connection. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we'll be discussing charity without connection, the seven blunders of Freemasonry that we can overcome, hopefully soon. Uh, I'm Matt Apple. I'm a very worshipful brother, Matt Apple. I'm a, a Mason down here in the Grand Lodge of Washington, along with very worshipful brother, David Colbeth. And also here with us are two of our other usual hosts, uh, Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung and Right Worshipful Brother Trevor McEwen, who's the Grand Historian of the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in the Yukon. And our, we may as well just make him a host, he's here so often, special guest, Most Worshipful Brother Jim Mendoza, uh, past Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Washington, uh, for which we thank you for coming out here, Most Worshipful Sir. My pleasure. So uh, it's been a few weeks since we went went over the conversation of sort of all of the blunders that you the presentation you gave. Is there uh, a an overview of charity without connection that you'd like to to swing past us? Yeah, I think the the, the one thing that I always want to make point point of when I talk about charity without connection is simply this: if you're going to ask the brethren to give, or if you're going to ask anybody to give, uh, they've got to know that. It means something it, that that you're just not saying. Well, yeah, we're Masons. We sh- or I'm Grand Master. I should have a charity, and this is what it's going to be. Uh, because all too often, when you do something like that, guess what? People feel put upon, uh, and when they feel put upon, you know, th- there's a, there's a sense of resentment there. And then what? On, and then of course that old thing that happens: expectation uh, exceeds reality in terms of, in terms of what you what you're able to achieve. And you don't get the, and you don't get that feeling, you know, when, when people give and, and they give, you know, from the heart or they give because the fact that, yes, this person who's asking me to make that give, I know is going to make sure that the money goes to where it's supposed to go. Um, that engenders, you know, that engenders a, a, a sense of positive feeling not only toward the to the toward the individuals making the ask, or the organization that's making the ask, but also to the end cause that's being supported. Um, I talked um, in, in the presentation about uh, the landslides in Oso, which is a community in Snohomish County down here in Washington. I mean, this was devastating. You, know, you you don't have to Google too far. You know, when you type in Oso landslides. And, you know, and the stories that come out and Arlington Lodge, which, you know, is 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 below Oso, uh, really stepped up uh, with respect to supporting that community. And because of the fact that, you know, the communities were was right there uh, and people could see it and see the devastation, they probably had they, they know likely they had friends who were part of that devastation. Guess what? They were, you know, there was that connection there. 
there was a very natural connection uh, to, um, to 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 to, uh, to being able to, out there to support uh, that group, and so in. As a result, other and it expanded beyond just the lodge. Washington Masonic Charities got involved. Uh, it was just a wonderful thing to watch happen. Now, not the landslides per se, no, but the support of that community uh, that took place, and and so that was it was a joy. It was a joyous thing to watch. Let's take it a step further. Um, in my job as a um, uh, as a, as uh, as an education outreach specialist with the with the with the state of Washington. Um, I give retirement seminars, and I gave a retirement seminar out in, Skag- out in Skagit County, a little north of Snohomish County. But I made it a point to say, look, and I want to have a food drive, and I want this food to be collected to go to the Oso Food Bank. And those people who attended my seminar, because they knew me, and they knew that when I would say something that it was coming from the heart, guess what? They brought in food like it was nobody's business. We had something in there, but like, what, 250, 300 people attend that retirement seminar, and everyone brought at least a bag of food. Uh, and who was there to collect it? The Masons of Arlington Lodge. So you, there was, so, you know, you have, you know, you start with a sincere connection and it just grows from there because people see that, okay, so from my standpoint, I saw that the lodge was sincere. I was able to pass that on to the people who had no connection in many cases to Oso, but they saw my sincerity and they turned around and supported that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's more than just checkbook charity. Right. To, uh, to provide a counterpoint to that in my lodge, we had a guy who uh, he's actually since moved to another lodge, but he, um, it seemed like, Every other meeting, it was probably less often than that. This was back when we met twice a week or twice a month, rather. Um, but it seemed like at least once a month, he was he would bring up some charity, all of which were perfectly legitimate, were great things. You know, a camp to support kids with a certain kind of disability, or uh, you know, all things that you would say, yeah, that's a you know, that's something I support. That's you, you know, it's not like no, I I hate those disabled kids. You know, it's it, it's a they were all worthy causes. But the lodge got sort of overwhelmed with. Hey guys, why don't we give money to this? And they, we ended up being sort of, I don't know what the word is, grumpy about it, uh, as you were saying earlier, where it sort of broke our, our desire to be involved in that sort of thing. And uh, what we actually ended up doing by way of, of overcoming the, the seven blunders, what our lodge ended up doing was forming a charity committee and giving them a budget and saying, hey, you know, here's your X number of dollars. Anyone who wants charity for something that's not you know, explicitly the Grand Lodge or whatever, go see the charity committee and they will report on how they spent the money at, you know, every quarter or at the end of the term, or I forget what it was. Um, and so the, through, through that, we managed to sort of corral that random, again, perfectly legitimate charities that deserve money, but things that we are not, that were taxing the brothers desire to be involved. No, it's perfect. You're, you're perfectly right on that one. You, many will recall when I was grandmaster, um, I had two charities. One of them was uh, Puget Sound Komen. And it's no secret here in Washington, uh, my, my support of the fight against breast cancer. I have a personal connection. My wife is a survivor. Uh, and there's a fine line that you, that, that you walk when you, when, when, you, when you support 
when you when you when you want to put forward the idea of supporting this charity because of my own personal connection. Uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'd never want to be in a position where I'm just throwing my wife out there for sympathy. Um, and I think I was successful in that by, but, but, you know, by pointing out that yes, my wife's an example, but there are so many and we've had that history in, in, in our grand lodge and, you know, and, and the brethren supported it. And it was, it was just amazing that the, the, the outpouring of support for that, I think in part because of the, because of Laura, but also in part because of the fact that they saw a sense of sincerity. I also made it fun. Um, I had, uh, I think I was, I think I'm the first and so far only grandmaster to ever have competing team ties. Uh, you know, every, you know, as you know, Stephen and Trevor, I, I'm not quite sure what it is in, in BC UConn, but you know, the grandmaster down in Washington uh, every year has a tie as part of his team uniform. Uh, sometimes it's the same tie a couple of years in a row. Uh, like three years in a row, we had the Masonic Tartan. And a lot of times it's just a grandmaster just coming up with something that looks really, that he thinks looks really cool and, and it will be a good advertisement for Freemasonry. I had two ties. One was purple, uh, my allegiance to the University of Washington. And the other was crimson and gray to basically take care of the people on, uh, who, 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 who cheered the Cougars. And I sold out of all the ties and every dollar went to Komen. every dollar. It was just absolutely amazing. The other charity was, uh, was Puget Sound Honor Flight, uh, which, which, which was a charity that basically paid for veterans, primarily World War II, uh, Korean War and Vietnam War veterans to be able to go to Washington DC and contemplate their monuments. This was a very easy charity to, to promote. Uh, but beyond that, um, it was also, it, you know, we also, it was also very tactile because people would go to the airport and they would connect themselves to the charity. There's nothing like sitting in front of a, um, uh, sitting in front of a World War II Korean or Vietnam veteran and talking to them about what this trip means to them and just being in awe that they would think that, why do I deserve this trip? And there was a connection there that happened. Uh, we gave, we gave somewhere in the neighborhood $25,000 to them. Uh, and that was, and, and that was because of the fact that the brethren felt the, the brethren made their own connection to that. Um, and that's, you know, and so when I talk about charity without connection, you know, that's what I mean. I mean, it's like you as an individual will give more, whether it be money, whether it be time, whether it be talent, if you have a natural connection or if you can build a natural connection versus if I were to send you a grandmaster's appeal saying, Hey, here's my charity, please support. And here's a nice lapel pin. If you do so, you know, so that's. That's kind of what that's all about. I mean, we've kind of evolved charity, you know, because remember back in the, back in the day, charity was, I will help my brother. I will help his widow. I will help his orphan. It's expanded beyond that, beyond that, beyond that demographic, if you will. It's, it's, it's expanded to how can I impact the community or how can, how can I impact the communities I serve or how can I impact a cause that's important uh, to me? 
But again, without any connection, you know, reality will fall far, far short of expectation. Well, and as the country, at least the United States, anyway, I imagine other parts of the world too, as they've been developing, masonry has generally been there and was essentially the backbone of a community in many cases. So there before governments or before charitable programs or before uh, services to the community or services to the people, usually a Masonic lodge was there. And many times the Masons, because they were so prominent and they were there to assist if somebody needed, as you mentioned, food or water or support or, you know, building a building or whatever they needed, their support, their charity. And that was one of the functions of the Masonic lodge and has continued it's different now because there are so many services, but that's why it's so important. I think, as you say, to, to reconnect with the reason behind the giving, whether, whatever it is. And I, I love, I love the idea of it's not just money, it's time and talent as well. And those are, those can be in, and in reality, even just the time and the, the connection, the hug or the, the compassion. You know, one of our regular co-hosts here, Zay McCune, fair worship brother Zay McCune has a presentation. He talks about, the origins of the word charity and it has a Greek connection to the word agape, which is love and a, a direct connection to our Masonic ritual, brotherly love. And so in reality, if you could take the word charity out of any of our ritual and replace it with the word love or brotherly love, it would bring a whole new meaning to our ritual and to who we are as Masons. And I really appreciate that. No, abs- absolutely. I mean, um, yesterday I went to a, um, memorial service for an old friend and uh his daughters in specific are very close to me and you know you talk about the importance of a hug okay even in a pandemic um and sure enough uh as fate would have it you know when i you know because it was you know the way we have to do things nowadays you know there she was she made eye contact with me and she collapsed into my arms um that is an act of, as to, to use to, to use the phrase agape. That is an act of charity. Uh, you know, you you, and it's be, and she was able to, and she and you know again, she came to me because you know there is a connection there. You know, there you know we've known each other for dare I say more than forty years. Okay, so guess what? There is a connection, and so. All these things come together and, you know, when you, there's a line in the Scottish Rite installation ritual on on the installation of the almoner and it talks about, and and it goes to minister, to, to visit the homes of the sick, the widow, the orphan, to minister to them comfort and consolation belongs to the mission and duty of Freemasonry and is that in which most man resembles God. That's a powerful line. As I think I said in the, uh, in, in the, in the, in the base presentation, charity cannot just be the unmeaning doling out of alms. You know, it has to mean something. It has to mean something to the individual, you know, it has to, and if you're going to broaden it out to the lodge, it has to mean something to the lodge. And if you're going to broaden it out to the grand lodge and your, and the brethren that you are out there, 
it's got to mean something to them too. Because if it doesn't mean anything, then again, like I said, you really risk, you stand the risk of having, having individuals feel put upon and uh, that defeats the purpose of it all. So we start- I, it, go ahead. No, go ahead, Steve. I, I, was- I was gonna say in, uh, in our district, uh, uh, our district deputy grandmaster has his annual uh, choice of charities. Each, each uh, district deputy gets to choose a charity that they're gonna support. And typically we would have 50-50 draws and, uh, or raffles and things like that to um, help raise money for that charity. And at every meeting he would go to, he would um, enlighten us as to uh, the charity, why he chose the charity, and um, you know why it has special meaning to him, and so on. Um, so it was um, uh, enlightening because you know we have uh, lodges up and down our valley, and they all choose uh, when they take their turn at being district deputy. Uh, you, you get enlightened as to the different charities in the valley that you know I had no idea even existed. Right? You know, like normally. Um, it's quite common for for a district deputy to choose the food bank or the women's shelter or something like that. Uh, this past um, uh, or the this past fundraising effort, uh, the district deputy found an an organization that um, assists the elderly in having some sort of resemblance of Christmas. You know, they have nobody else in their family, uh, they're alone and, um, uh, nobody, you know, does these special things for them anymore. And so this, uh, organization reaches out and, uh, uh, has a program where they include them in things and do special things for them. And, and so, uh, it was kind of cool. I had no idea that charity even existed. So, um, it, it's really cool when you hear the stories from the district deputy, as to you know why uh, it's unfortunate that with COVID we didn't get these uh, um, the opportunities for him to come to each lodge and we had to uh, read correspondence, but at least it was done. And um, uh, and now that Zoom is on, he's being actually got follow up questions and and follow up support from uh, other people because it's touched their hearts uh, um, when they heard about it. So pretty cool. Jim, I, we don't have a whole lot of time on this show to go into the details of it, but another uh, story that came to mind, and I don't know if you can do it in a minute or two, probably won't do it justice, but your your connection, your story about Gander, Newfoundland, and how that whole, uh, talk about a connection, the, the planes landing, people needing a place to stay, food needing to be delivered, uh, and Masonic, Mason's Masonic Lodge there being able to open their doors and to assist and just talk about a super connection. We, we could probably do a whole show or maybe even a small series on that program. But. You probably could and, and probably should be. A, I, I may even have a connection for you from, and if, if Steven and Trevor don't, I probably, I, I think I have a connection uh, to, to, to somebody from, from, from that area. It, it, but that's, but that story is amazing in, in the fact that, you know, the only connection that those folks had uh, was that, okay, Number, the, the initial connection was these planes are going to land. But their charity started from the fact that, okay, 
if I'm put in a similar position, what would, what would I hope that somebody would do for me? That's and so that whole thing that what they did was stunning. Uh, the stories that the the stories that you hear, and not just from you know the not just from the musical come from away, but also if you if you read some of the if you go to YouTube and type in Gander Newfoundland, you know, and to, and and see the Tom Brokaw report about what happened there, these were people who said if I who basically said if I were in a similar position, what would I hope someone would do for me? And they did some amazing things. But beyond that, once that once they were crossed that bridge, they uh, they actually made individual connections. There is a story of a uh, of a lady who whose son was a firefighter in in New York, and she was trying to get a hold of him and couldn't. As fate would have it, the connection she made was with a woman up there whose son was a firefighter. Now, obviously, the the demands of the firefighter in, in in Gander, Newfoundland, are far different than the demands of a firefighter there. But there's still that kinship, and as dramatized in, in Income from Away, when the lady from New York found out her, that her son was one of the firefighters who was killed, the call she made was to the lady in Newfoundland, and they automatically knew what was wrong. They automatically you know, were able to share in that moment. Uh, take it a step further. When come from away, come from away was uh, was being shown in in New York. The folks from Gander came down to New York, right? And guess what? Those two ladies made it a point to to, to see each other. Uh, and again, to share in that. Uh, but again, it's just it's an amazing story, and I think yeah, that's that's a whole different podcasts. And I think you'd, I think you'd enjoy that. I think you'd enjoy that a lot. So if, if we were to try to wrap up this idea of charity without connection or, or trying to make sure we have connections with our charity, would, would an idea possibly be to maybe focus on a single charity or a single idea for a term or a year or six months or whatever, and uh, maybe have the lodge vote? I know Matt kind of mentioned about having a his situation where there's over and over and over again, these, and again, no fault to this man that was trying to be beneficial to his community and to the programs, but maybe trying to say, Hey, this is what we're going to do as a lodge and just overwhelm them with, I mean, now we can't with the COVID, you can't visit them physically, but you know, cards and letters and phone calls and, and you know, whatever you can imagine. Some lodges do it like Matt's have charity committees. Okay. Some lodges have, have actually, set up what they what what I will call a noble cause where they've said okay what is our mission going to be and what are we going to support for example Eureka Lodge number 20 in Seattle they support the science fair it makes sense the name of the lodge right they they've always supported the science fair daylight 232 uh which is again a lot which builds itself as the lodge of the arts supports the Seattle Youth Symphony Orchestra Again, that natural connection because Daylight Lodge was when it was when it was crafted way back when was crafted as a lodge for performers, you know, who typically work nights and so can't enjoy nighttime lodge experience. But we created daytime lodge experience. Uh, my lodge, Frank S. Land, has built into its budget donations to the youth groups, as well as we are as well as when the ad request comes in. There's no debate. It's already in the budget 
were buying an ad from them. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with individual masters coming to the table and saying, hey, this is important to me. But I would hope that, they, that you know, again, getting, to, to tie this all in a nice little bow, I would hope when that master does finally take his seat in the East, that he, just, that he doesn't just surprise the brethren with the charity. That through the course of his time, they understand what this man is all about. And as a result, when he says, this is what I want to support, yeah, we'll support That's The Lodge can get behind it without question versus because they're obligated to do so. And so on that note, hopefully we've given, uh, given the folks out there some ideas on overcoming the, the blunder of the charity without connection. I uh, want to say thank you, uh, Most Worshipful Brother Jim, for, for coming out this evening on behalf of uh, Stephen and Trevor and David and myself. And we look forward to hearing, or I guess look forward to talking to the, the, everybody here on our next episode, uh, which will be episode six in the series of Overcoming the Seven Blunders. Good night. Good night.